Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. And I'm John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, everybody. And we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies, and we're breaking them all the way down. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kyle. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, Kyle. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> we are, we're delighted to have Kyle back Woo! with us again to uh, talk a little bit more about Masters of the Universe. You're delighted. I'm delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted that you're delighted. Oh, this is good. This is a good start. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kyle is one of the good people behind the website ScreenRex.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-N. Screen. R-E-X. Com. Like and the dinosaur. What can people find over there, Kyle? Uh, movie reviews and TV reviews, uh, basically of any new releases. Uh, and, uh, you know, frankly, if you can't get to the website, you can also find it through my Rotten Tomatoes page. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got your own? There's a page? Oh, yeah. yeah. In the, in the presence rad, of dude. greatness. What's that? What's, is it just Rotten Tomatoes slash I don't opinion know. Like, or something? Yeah, God, I don't even know. It just it, look, look, Google. Look, Google, Google Rotten Tomatoes and Kyle Pinion. Uh, P-I-N-I-O-N, by the way, not Y-A-N. <laughs> And uh, you'll, you'll find my page. It'll link to everything I've ever read. Yeah, and I'm sure that um, that Rotten Tomatoes also has a handy search feature. So you probably type that in as well. If you uh, want to see, if you want to see cool pictures of small dogs, uh, you can check out Kyle's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all. My Instagram, especially. But, well, I have yeah. to say, it's like uh, in the last week or so since since last we were together, I've been and read some of your reviews and and have been enormously impressed with your writing style first and foremost. But also, thanks so much for getting me into uh, Sparks. Nice. And that was a big earworm over the past couple of days. Nice. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> One of the great underheard bands, I think, of the 80s. But I had literally been... never heard of them before that tr- the, the trailer for that movie. Same. And I was like, the songs were awesome. Well, oh, they're killer. But let me tell you, they are the band that I think everybody thinks Queen is. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, gonna be, it's, it's the most like controversial statement I have. <laughs> but I absolutely adore Sparks. Okay. That's I'm, awesome. I'm, wait, I'm looking forward to the documentary and to you know exploring their uh, discography. Absolutely. So we're going to talk some more about Masters of the Universe. Yeah, I'll try to... Not Sparks, but Masters of the Universe. We <laughs> you know, go with Sparks instead for, for yeah, an hour. No, for real. <laughs> so I'll, I'll catch us up on what's been happening on this uh, plot, which is, again, the answer's not a lot yeah. so far. But basically, uh, we got He-Man, Tila, and Man-at-Arms, uh, Eternians. The Eternia is under attack. Skeletor's taking over Castle Grayskull. Oh, no. Um they're trying to to get back in there, free the sorceress, stop uh, Skeletor from gaining all the power in the universe. Uh, they got whisked accidentally to Earth <laughs> using uh, the inventor Gwildor's cosmic key. It's the movie's MacGuffin. So they've also got some Earthlings, uh, Julie and Kevin. Kevin! A couple of 25-year-old <laughs> high school seniors. Uh, they found the cosmic key. 
we've got the Eternians and the Earthlings have linked up. They've got bad guys hunting for them. Yeah, we had a throwdown in a junkyard. Yes, and that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 like, whipped ass on the bad guys. The bad guys all left. They skulked back to Eternia. Yeah. And that's, that's, that gets us caught up. Cool. Good recap. <laughs> we burned, can all go home now. <laughs> they burned a lot of expensive equipment on that stage. They, they sure as shit did. They burned all of Kevin's badass, super hard to find <laughs> keyboards. On the director's commentary, the director said they nearly burned the gym down. Like, the, the gym caught on fire and they got, got it just before it got out of control. <laughs> Like the, the fire, the flames were so high, it was hitting the ceiling and oh, wow. the ceiling got on fire. Jesus. And, yeah, crazy. Got to be a canon film. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like Menachem was probably just like standing over there going, it's fine. Bigger flames. Make the flames bigger. <laughs> just make sure you're yeah filming it. <laughs> well, I guess I'll get us started then. So after the battle in the junkyard, Tila and Man-at-Arms have gone to pursue the mercenaries led by Karg. Love Karg. Uh, and so back at the junkyard, He-Man is um, apparently given Julie like the status report, including everything she ever wanted to know about Skeletor, and uh, like enlists her basically <laughs> saying, we need your help to find the cosmic key. He's like, it's about this big, and it's got <laughs> buttons all over it. And she's like, yeah, 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 I've seen that. Uh, my boyfriend has it. So He-Man's like, that kid's in a shit ton of trouble, and so they run off to find him. Meanwhile... he Wait, he says, uh, he's in terrible danger, let's go. <laughs> yeah, more to the point. <laughs> just, he, There's no spaces between those words. Yeah, it's you'd just, think for someone that had as little screen time as Dolph Lundgren that he would have tried to make more out of his moments. Yeah, milk but he didn't. <laughs> He's in terrible danger of scope. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Kevin's like returning to the high school, which is, it's just, it's burned to the ground. Yeah. Um, fire trucks are everywhere. He's upset to find his audio gear, like in cinders. <laughs> he did. He seemed to value the, the keyboard. I mean, I would too. First and foremost. I would too, but never mind that Julie's body might be in there. <laughs> Thank God they saved the pagoda. The pagoda was, has been <laughs> salvaged. It well, was dragged out. Are they still going to have prom? That was the scene that I mentioned where in this scene, there's prom goers in the background, like kids in suits and dresses mm. and stuff. So I'm like, I guess this is actual prom night. Yeah. It's just strange. Is, is this an actual high school, though? I mean, I don't know if they mentioned that in the commentary or not, but I was trying to like... Oh, with the filming location? Yeah, I was trying to get a sense of like the geography that of the I, actual hallway they were I walking I think through. it was a set because from what I gathered from just reading online, it was the set that Canon was going to use for their Spider-Man feature. Got it. Oh, like the exterior of the school. Yeah. You mean that little short the hallway and the interior, I think like the gym, all the gym stuff. Oh, I thought was, that was a real, well, well maybe, maybe it was. was a real building. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is they really did almost burn it. Yeah. Down. They, that was, that was the location <laughs> from what I gather that they were going to use for the Spider-Man movie. It would make sense that there would be a high school and a Spider-Man. Right. Yeah, it would be totally. more so than a He-Man movie. <laughs> it also, it gives me, it gives me hope that they would have at least gotten that part right. But then, Knowing canon, would Peter Parker have also been a 25 or 30-year-old high oh, school student? Oh, hell yeah. So it would have had, like, yeah. Michael J. Fox, 1990, Michael J. Fox in there. Or <laughs> it would have been Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Uh, <laughs> so as paramedics roll Carl out on a stretcher, Carl's the janitor, for those of you who are nasty and uh, listening before. Uh, Kevin's like, Carl, hey, what happened? And Carl says, you don't never want to know. <laughs> Busted out laughing. <laughs> okay, Carl. Uh, Kevin tries to go in, um, but the police, led by the irascible <laughs> Detective Lubick, they stop him. 
Um, James Tolkien has entered the picture. Yeah, that's right. And the movie is taking a turn for the fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, he's um, he's my one of my favorite things about the movie. Oh, uh, because well, like, yeah. he also just goes for it. Yeah, and he's like right in his element. He's getting to play that that role he's born to play, which is kind of a in your face hard ass. Yeah. Um, Kevin tells them, the police and Lubick, that Julie was inside. Lubick's like, hey, man, there's no one else inside. We're investigating the whole place for arson and vandalism. And all we found was this. And this is Julie's purse. Kevin's like, hey, that's my girlfriend's purse. And hey, she's missing. And so he like starts to describe her for Lubick, who's like jotting down notes and like doing that, like James Tolkien, like licking his lips and like putting his tongue weird in his mouth. As Kevin becomes like more and more combative about why the police aren't doing anything about a situation that they've only just become aware of. Like, why aren't you out there looking for us? Like, you literally just you're said, still giving like, her description. Yeah. yeah. So Lubick decides that he and Kevin are going to take a ride. Oh, and great, right, great police procedure. By right? the way. Yeah. Like, Get in the car. We're going okay, for a ride. We're going for a ride. I went too. like, fuck this kid. Like this giving me the, like giving me this routine. And like, we've just figured out that there's a girl that was even in the building. So anyway, he puts what, Kevin, what time do you think it is that the prom is only just now, or hasn't even supposed to have started yet? It's gotta be like seven. But it's, Cause it's after would, dark. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like close to, well, the prom should have, yeah, prom would have probably started. Maybe the dance would have started today, but people would have started getting there at seven. Yeah. Okay. Well, it all adds because up if then, he's, I think. if he's just getting back, if Kevin's just getting back, to the school. I don't know. I love that he left Julie guarding his, you know, $10,000 worth of gear. I, anyway. I don't think you would expect a beast man to roll through the gym. In <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah. So Lubick puts Kevin in his squad car, tells him to lead the way to Julie's house. We cut back to the junkyard. Tila and Duncan are returning from chasing the mercenaries. He tells He-Man that they, they got away he-Man introduces everybody, says that Julie knows who has the cosmic key. He's like, this is Tila, this is Duncan, good journey. Did you have any luck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not as much as you, apparently, yeah, yeah, says I Tila. That. I like the that. fuck? I like that. Like, <laughs> Tila is totally, like, she's super jelly right here, right? It's, yes. Like, do you think she, I mean, she, so she wants He-Man. Is, is, she, is she He-Man's girlfriend in canon? I don't remember. I, I don't think they had a relationship. I, Did they? I don't. I think that in the all right. So last time we we were trying to figure out like who the fuck or what the fuck Skeletor is. So I went down a few YouTube wormholes. Come to find out, if canon is to be believed, like if we follow all the source materials, Skeletor is a warlord from another planet. Okay. In some some cases, in other cases, he is King Randor. Prince Adam's dad, sir, not appearing in this film. Mm-hmm. He is King Randor's brother. Okay. So Skeletor He's is like an He-Man's evil. uncle. Yeah. Okay. You sent me that link. He would in that in that lore, he would have been like his evilness sort of rotted his flesh away of it from his face. Well, or in some the, shit. in one of the cartoons where he was introduced as He-Man's uncle. It was like an acid accident that like corroded his face off. Oh, a freak Harvey Dent. Accident. Okay, like it's very Joker. Know, like, okay. yeah, he fell into the Axis Chemicals vat. <laughs> um, and so, like, basically, it's a toss-up. What you want Skeletor to be? That's what he is. But in anything. some of the cartoons and and other 
like lore, Tila, there is a, a romantic connection between Tila and Prince Adam. Okay. Like in the, oh, I Prince think in, Adam, but not no, well, He-Man. He-Man? Like in the earliest renditions of like the comics and stuff where He-Man was just like this barbarian warlord, like mm-hmm. he was the protector of his people. I'm pretty sure that in that version, Tila was his woman. Okay. okay. So it makes sense in this, that she'd be kind of like, fuck in the, forgive my foggy memory in the cartoon. Yeah. Did everyone know that Prince Adam was He-Man, or was it like a Clark no, Kent Superman It was a thing? Clark Kent Superman deal. Oh, oh my god, this is worse than Clark Kent Superman, because yeah, yeah, he has exactly. the exact same face! <laughs> yeah, but same the pink pan- pants and purple <laughs> vest and shit. The, but he had the same page boy haircut. Same, same head. <laughs> Nothing changes! Same head. He He's changes clothes. He's 500-pound muscle man. <laughs> but also, they, the, the voice actor did make the decision, like, Prince Adam's voice was, like, pitched higher, and Superman's voice okay. was like, anybody want to use Bolo? Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Sure. Anyway, um, anyway, what, what Tila said wildly inappropriate. Yeah, she, like the implication <laughs> that he man had fucked a high schooler. I don't think it matters in attorney. AJ nothing but a number, baby. That made me wonder: has he man just been like boning his way around attorney or the galaxy? I don't know. He hasn't been doing anything else. He's certainly not in this movie. So he man says that the baddies were just a scouting party. The mercenaries are the baddies, and that they need to find the key before Skeletor's entire army shows up. Is at that moment that an old Cadillac, a badass car, comes like crashing through a pile of garbage towards him. It's Quildor, and he says that he's fixed the car to <laughs> run on something called neutrinos. And the 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 uh, DVD uh, Blu-ray uh, subtitle said Lucrinos, okay. whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> but he definitely see, yeah, he says neutrinos. neutrinos. But okay. then later on, when he says it again, it's neutrinos. So I think okay. that's bad editing from right. someone. Um, how, how did any of this happen? Like, <laughs> he, he has he this Eternian tech, but he well, he didn't have that on his person. No, he carried when he nothing came through with the wormhole. Him. Yeah. And I don't know that it would be compatible with a, a 60s caddy or 50s we don't, caddy. We anyway. don't know what's in his cloak. <laughs> he's got like Mary Poppins bag the, or something. It's just I, I just envision it a MacGyver thing where yeah, he just like exactly. takes any junk he finds Long and turns it into idea. something else. Everyone piles right. Yeah, exactly. Everyone <laughs> piles right in. Gwildor fires up all sorts of futuristic alien tech. That that's what. Yeah, it's like the tech. The components where they come from. Yeah, it doesn't. Who knows? He he ET'd that shit. Um, but I the kept speaking spell yeah, of the Mister Spell. Yeah, exactly. I kept thinking, but I kept thinking, of Jack, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? So back on Eternia, meanwhile, Skeletor is all up in Evil Lynn's grill, and they're sharing this very almost tender, weird moment. He's he had her like, gripped, right? Like yeah, he was like hands on the side her of her face. I just have to say one thing about that. that yeah, that, that shot. For every single time I see it. I think that he's holding a crystal ball on oh. a table because of the, because the cape she has looks yeah. like uh, looks like a tablecloth. Table I thought that ever since I was a kid, I was like, "What is he looking at?" Okay. Oh, it's Evil Lynn. Every single time, That's it awesome. never fails. That's awesome. Cool. So yeah, he's like telling her, he's like, "I need the people of Eternia to know that I'm running shit, and I'm depending on you to make that happen." He, he brought Frank Langella brought like real menace. To a very flimsy oh, yeah. character, <laughs> and to, you know, and to, like he's otherwise pretty flimsy dialogue. He's pretty scary. He's much scarier than cartoon versions of Skeletor. Sure. Oh yeah, or kind of campy humor. Big time. This this version of Skeletor reminded me of like the motion picture live action version of Shredder, like just uh, the, the how much more okay. terrifying Shredder was. Shredder in, wore a cape, the, didn't he? Yeah, he wore a very <laughs> similar cape shit. to Evil in. I feel like. <laughs> um, so Evelyn says the people still believe He-Man will return and save the day. She says the only way to control the people is to get rid of He-Man. But Skeletor is like, 
if I kill He-Man, he becomes a martyr. So I got to break him and so that all Eternia can see. Uh-huh. Um, just then the four mercenaries sort of like bebop back into the room, a little <laughs> empty handed. Uh, Skeletor's <laughs> like, where's the key, guys? And Karg... Where, where, where did they come from? Where was the portal if not... I mean, Skeletor's holding the key. Yeah, I... I There's I, not a, like... Did he open a portal in another room? Maybe. Maybe he didn't want to be disturbed. So he's like, if the portals, if you got to open it, open it. But that's what oh, I was so like. How did he's Karg, in control of that key? How he's did not... Karg and the other guys like radio them and let them know we're coming back I think now? It must have been open the entire time. That's okay. <laughs> how can Skeletor <laughs> have a thing open? But no, like the good guy is can't, not even the guy who know like invented the thing knows how to use it. But Skeletor's like, <laughs> we can have a portal in a different room. Maybe we can leave it open an indeterminable. Maybe of time. the prototype has some glitches. Uh, that's a good point. Maybe. maybe that's a good point. I don't know. I'm trying to bail I them like out. That. <laughs> so Karg like speaks up for the group and is like, uh, we found the key, but we were outnumbered <laughs> and defeated by by He-Man uh, and company. Uh, Karg says we thought it was wise to escape with our lives and return with a larger army Skeletor is pissed that He-Man is still in the picture and vaporizes poor Sarai the best the best looking clearly because it was expensive there was no other reason why they did that that yeah they were like we're not paying for this anymore it really should have been I mean who's the most boring Blades Blade yeah okay or whatever his name is I mean Sarad was in four shots the whole movie yeah, they yeah. couldn't do any more close-ups. Like he was Sarad. climbing over that box and firing a laser, and then he got blasted by Julie, and then he was like, "That's it. That's the only, that's all of the action yeah. you see from Alas, him in the movie." Sarad, we knew you. We knew you. <laughs> knew him well. So the others beg for forgiveness. Evilin advocates for sparing their lives. Skeletor tells, "Like save your pity for yourself," and that <laughs> you're you're going back to Earth with the guys to find the key, and that you better not fail. Essentially, it's kind of funny her look on it. Like I, I didn't mean me. Yeah, it's like I didn't. I didn't want to go. <laughs> Wait, I um, I saw where Meg Foster, the actress, had said in her mind, Evilin is in love with Skeletor. Yeah, sure. Like in that she's trying to whatever make him love her back yeah and that, and that holds that up adds from like a layer lore too. that adds like nuance to the performance yeah. I, I like ha- having that detail because i didn't really remember that yeah you know um yeah skeletor is like once we have it once you have the key send a signal <laughs> but you need the key however, to send a signal yeah once you have right? it Use the yeah. key, I guess. Hit the red, hit the big red button. Fire up the light show, and we'll come to assist. <laughs> it's like go, um, and the mercenaries and they all do like a variety of bows and flourishes and sort of leave the room. And this is a bit where there's some ominous music that was like it was straight from one of the Karate Kid movies. Although this might have been before the Karate Kid movie, so it could be that. No, no, this is after the Karate Kid himself. movies. Karate Kid came out '84, didn't it? Uh, this no, this was I think a song that was or the. Like a knight in shining no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> It's like the little, no, the little evil ominous theme was either from two or three. Okay. Which I don't remember when two might've come out in 86 or 87. Yeah. Right yeah. around this time. Three, was like, three was like 89. 89 yeah. Now you guys have got me sequel. one to watch Karate Kid part two. Yeah, well, part three is the greatest Karate Kid. Terry film. Silver, oh, man. Oh, my God. I like dumpy Daniel LaRusso. That one. Like <laughs> 30 year old. Dad bod Daniel LaRusso. fighting in the under 18, yeah. the all Valley under 18 God. karate. He doesn't need to qualify. He's the champ. You only fight the final match. It's so stupid. That's the worst rule I've ever Imagine heard in my that. life. Like what if the Super Bowl champs didn't need to play until Super we Bowl. just show up for the Super Bowl. That's amazing. Actually, I'd be kind of interested <laughs> to see. Get the shit like, kicked out of them. Yeah, I probably. Guess. They'd be yeah, rusty. Right. 
uh, anyway. So, anyway, that's neither here that nor Eternia. <laughs> Back on Earth, Lubick and Kevin are cruising the burbs on their way to Julie's house. They pull up to a house with a sold sign in the Did yard. Did you notice when he cut that corner, his, he just jumped the yeah, curb? Yeah. He, hit, he ran into the <laughs> curb. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you not bother to do another take? Like, just keep it. We don't have time. Goddard was like, fuck <laughs> it. Got energy. Keep we gotta going. Go. Exactly. We gotta go. Lubick would. Lubick would hit the curb. So, yeah, they let themselves into Julie's house. Because Kevin has a key? I would. I, that wouldn't surprise me. Or there's me, a key but, hidden that he knows where also, it is. The house is sold. I don't know how this works. Um, <laughs> I guess hadn't, the, the closing hasn't happened yet, I'm assuming. Because, yeah, all her boxed up stuff is inside. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for her to be leaving the next day, it, I guess she's going to have mover. Like, is Kevin going to like, be all Maybe shipped. Kevin's going to sort of facilitate moving all her shit for her. He shouldn't do that. It should be a clean break. <laughs> this <laughs> whole situation break. is so but weird. You can hire movie, movers that come and yeah. load it all in a truck and yeah. bring it to wherever, I guess. So, at the moment that they enter the house, as luck would have it, Julie calls her own home for some reason. <laughs> Who would she be expecting to answer? So that's what I was saying. It's like maybe she thinks by this point, maybe Kevin, she's been gone long enough that Kevin would have alerted the police Someone like about her whereabouts and would have gone to her house. That's the only thing that I can think Was of. Was Kevin living there? He, they were definitely banging there. Well, she's been ignored. <laughs> I just wonder, maybe she's expecting him to be there, you know, because he lives be, there. That's Especially if he point. comes back that's and she's gone, point. like, yeah, maybe but she's like, but, to look for but her, the I guess. line, the line she gives is, thank God it's you. <laughs> who else? Uh, who the be? fuck is it? Gonna, who else, like, who else is going to be in the house? Uh, the realtor? <laughs> Karg. Beastman. <laughs> Beastman, babe. Thank God. <laughs> so Kevin hides the fact that, uh, that it's Julie on the phone. I love that Lubick is smoking in the house during the <laughs> scene. Yeah, he's like smoking a cig in the house. Um, through like a coded conversation, Kevin confirms that he still has the key, and Julie says that she and the others will meet him there at the house. He doesn't know who the others are, but whatever. Yeah. It would have been so easy for him to say, yeah, I'm here with the police now. Like, <laughs> right. to let her know that the police are there. Instead, he's just like, it's like someone there with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you could have just said, yeah, I'm here with the police now. Have you seen Julie? Or he could have just or, been like, hey, Lubick, let me tell you about the whole story around the stupid key. Right. You know, he's, I mean, is he just that hung up on? Look, he wants the key. He's a himself. master. He doesn't want to do anything that might risk him losing the key. He's a master song maker, <laughs> not a genius. So I think Kevin goes straight to raid the refrigerator. Yeah, you're like, oh, he hangs up the phone and Lubick is suspicious that Kevin's been talking about the key and wants to know what I think you were talking about this. Yeah. Kevin tells him it's a synthesizer and Lubick just starts mashing buttons because that's what you do. I love how tickled he gets while he's pushing yes, buttons on. That he's was like, the moment I referenced before. Like you never have seen James Tolkien laugh. Before. Yeah, it's he's awesome. like giggling like a child. He's like he super just, into it. He's mashing the buttons like with his knuckles, like he's an ape like or something. <laughs> like <laughs> he's just like um, he seems <laughs> delighted by the device and tells Kevin that he. D I don't. I don't believe this is a, a synthesizer. This thing that literally is playing music. Is, yeah. I don't believe it's a synthesizer. <laughs> yeah, when on not when not on duty, maybe he's like a successful. He's got a successful side oh, he's career got a side in music. Band. He plays yeah. jazz. Sax. He's like he's like Duke Silver on Parks and yes, Recreation. <laughs> exactly. Did you notice this little uh, tie pin with his little handcuffs? No, that's that cool. was a cool touch. His yeah. jacket is awesome in this movie too. You like, like that little that, Serpico, that, or whatever. Yeah, the leather jacket with the belt around it. That's badass. Um, back at the junkyard, uh, Evil Lynn and the mercenaries have have shown up. A small group of stormtroopers are also there. They're resuming that search for Julie He Man and the Cosmic Key. They've also brought through some kind of a hover vehicle, which again, it's like 
He-Man and the guys can't get through the hole fast enough, but Skeletor and his guys can leave it open long enough to bring through like artillery and tanks and shit. Um, <laughs> but using a scanning device, <laughs> we'll have to talk about how the fuck this technology works, but Evilwood is able to see into the immediate past. <laughs> Yeah. That the mercenary story doesn't hold up. That it was He-Man alone who, like, <laughs> knocked the shit out of him. Uh, like, I how like, does that thing work? I don't know, but I dig that device. Like, more movies should use that. Something that can let you see into the recent past in that certain place. How, how does that How does that work? I don't know. They got crazy. We've seen the Cosmic Key can do crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, I guess so. Been time, yeah. It's within the realm of, you know, it can, yeah. Whatever you get, like the disturbances in the space time. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I guess so. Yeah, the past disturbances. But we have to think that strange things are possible in Eternia, like soup in a car up with neutrinos or whatever. Exactly. So, meanwhile, one of the stormtroopers has locked onto the key's location since it's been activated by Lubick. It's about ten metrons away. <laughs> Is that more or less than a parsecion? Like, there's just no, there's no continuity I to their like measurements. The fact that you're. Like I'm rereading Dune right now, uh-huh. and there's a lot of language that Frank Herbert uses, like original units of measure and things and things like that are, you know, part of that that universe. They're okay. you know common practice, and I kind of dig the fact that I don't know what they mean. Well, I it's appreciate kinda, world building, yeah, like that, but I also appreciate consistency. Yeah, that, that's also true. Yeah, I mean, this just sounds made up. Uh, like, no, I, mean, just like, it, I mean, it's all made up. I realize it's ten metrons away, yeah. which I guess is close, close range. Right. They get there pretty quick. 30 feet. Um, <laughs> you can uh, see that robot's jaw moving. Like, yeah. which, like come on. Well, why bother? What's this, such a weird concern that yeah, Mattel didn't want them to I be know. humans? They well, need to be gotta, robots to yeah. be wasted. What if the robot passed a Turing test? Well, that was the, that was <laughs> the same. Do we feel bad for it? That was the, well, that was the same thing with um, like the Ninja Turtles cartoon, right? The, the mousers foot, and the stuff? The foot were all robots in the cartoon. The foot soldiers. Oh, shit, for real? Mm. Yeah. There's another the, concern of, like... in the comic book... It's probably... Were, like, the Ninja Turtles were fucking killing other... Nin- like, murdering ninjas. For sure. It probably is that thing of, like, Saturday morning cartoon regulations right. or something. Right, shit. yeah. Um, back at Julie's house, Lubick continues to play with the key. Kevin's like, oh, you think that's cool? Press the red button, which <laughs> makes the light show and turns on the... <laughs> And Lubick, like everyone else, is dazzled by the lights. It's very impressive. He turns it off, then demands to know where Kevin got the thing. Kevin, <laughs> picking through a bucket of leftover fried chicken, says, that's my instrument. <laughs> he's so nasty, the way he's just handling all the chicken and licking <laughs> his fingers and going touching, back into the... Touching, touching all of it. I can't uh, even tell you. I was still under the impression at this point of watching the movie that we're supposed to hate Kevin. Like, to find him very <laughs> annoying and, and unlikable. Well, so. he's sort of, like... But he's just such a non-entity in the movie at this point. He's a milk toast. Yeah, he definitely is. So he then puts the entire bucket of chicken in the microwave. <laughs> oh, that'll work. Which, which, it's a big fucking microwave. It was. And also, I just, yeah, I could never imagine putting a bucket of chicken in. No, you take a take couple of pieces, few pieces out. you yeah. want to eat. I guess Are you going to eat the whole... Maybe he's going to offer some to Lubick? Yeah, I'm sure he was. Lubick's a vegan. So anyway, <laughs> the microwave jams the bad guy's tracking signal right. back at the junkyard. Evil Lynn tells the stormtrooper to destroy whatever's jamming the signal, which was very reminiscent of uh, Running Man to me. It's like, you got to uh, yeah. jam, jam the signal. Well, I like the... It's very difficult. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And she's like, destroy it now. And with a single keystroke... <laughs> he destroys it. He's like, that done. didn't seem very difficult. Yeah, done, dude. Um, yeah, it's just 
oh, okay. Yeah, well, so, I, I had to hit this one button. Yeah, Very and, difficult. And, and in doing that, hitting that button, the microwave explodes at Julie's house. Um, Evil Lynn <laughs> and the rest of the troop begin heading to the location that they tracked. The stormtrooper says that after the microwave exploded, they had a clear signal from the key. The key had already been turned off at that point. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Okay. okay. So anyway, just, just saying. I love it. So Lubick, at, by this point, is like threatening Kevin. Like Kevin blew up the microwave on purpose. And Kevin's like, starts, I just found the thing. We found it. It's like it's been in a graveyard. Lubick's like, if that's the case, I'm going to take it down, see if it's been stolen. And if you're telling the truth and no one claims it, you can have it back. And so Lubick's like, he's gone. Takes he tells, the key. He tells down. him to go. Uh, Kevin tells Lubick to go to Charlie and ask oh, yeah, Charlie about it if you Charlie. don't trust me. And and Lubick's like, oh, I just might do that. <laughs> I just might do that. <laughs> well, um, well, why is this stupid thing that important to Lubick? Lubick I mean, shouldn't give a, a girl. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, another now, great point. We find out he has weird communist conspiracy theories yeah. in mind shortly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Lubick leaves with the key. Meanwhile, both good guys and bad are racing to Julie's house. <laughs> we cut to Kevin weirdly cleaning up some Burger King trash <laughs> by raking it, rake, like straight arm raking it into the sink. What the fuck is happening? What? Was that a product placement? It had to a be. Paid? It had to be. Yeah. Kyle, in your opinion, why was he raking the <laughs> trash into the sink and not the trash? Uh... I'm going to guess that they could not set up the shot where uh, they were the where like they they had it in a trash can. It would be a lower level. So they probably were like, we if we just have him rake it into the sink, it'll be like a dumb teenager thing to do. And then when the bad guys come <laughs> crashing in, we don't have to reset the shot. That's a good point. I didn't even think about. I think it was a production thing, but yeah. I also agree with what you had said earlier. Don, yeah. Which is. Which is that Burger King was like, yeah, you can use our stuff. We'll pay you money, but don't rake it in the trash. Oh, that's probably they a might be like, don't put it yeah. in the trash. Don't <laughs> put well, it in the sink. Like a normal person. I don't understand. Well, or what if like, what it would have been awesome if McDonald's had paid to have <laughs> Kevin rake the Burger King shit in the like, trash. We'll be like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Take a big bite of a Whopper. Ooh, this is the worst burger I've ever had. What that is, is this? weird. And then they cut back to the wide shot and there is no trash in the sink. Of course anymore. not. There's no, the continuity in this movie is terrible, yeah. by the way. Also, what, he, shot. he put three perfectly good looking oranges in the tray in the sink as well. It's just That's a hell weird. of a disposal. It's like it's the disposal weird. is like a lawnmower. Um, the door explodes at that moment. The beast man bursts in and starts kicking Kevin's ass. More bad guys pour in and start ransacking the house. The beast man is poised. Like he's straight up going to murder Kevin at oh, this yeah. point. Um, but Evelyn stops him, says uh, that she knows that he has the key and wants to know where it is. Kevin plays dumb, so they put some sort of device around his neck like a collar, which made me think of like the mutant power muting collars in X-Men uh-huh. on like uh, sure. Genosha. I was into that device too, like just as a, a piece of movie tech. Yeah. It was, it was like a, a nice effect on his voice. Yeah, too, that, was, yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the lighting on it. That's so yeah, she turns it on. Kevin like goes into some sort of trance. It's like a truth serum. Uh-huh. Um, Elsewhere, <laughs> the bad guys are like tearing through moving boxes that are stacked <laughs> they were, all over the house. They looking were wrecking that place. Yeah. That, that's got to like trigger your OCD. You're just like, you had everything packed up and these uh, dudes are just it, like it strewn everywhere now. Infuriates me, but also like, was Julie going to take 
all that shit to New Jersey to with Jersey. her? Or is she going to put it in storage? I don't know. Um, Karg is in another room, finds a newspaper clipping about Julie's dead parents and a family photo. And this was one of the points where loose. I was like... It was loose in a box. This loose paper. Just lying on the top. Can Karg... And this is what... We talked about this before. I guess Karg and other Eternians can read English. Ah, sure. Yeah. Of course. Probably. Now, or, the runes that it, are on the throne are some other language. Yeah, they're, they, those but, look like just actual like runes and stuff, but maybe the photo was enough for context. I don't know. It, it, it felt an awful <laughs> lot like Karg can read English. This, this is the first time, by the way, I've seen this movie, I think, 15 times in yeah. my life. This is the first time I've ever noticed that Karg has bat ears. I never oh, knew that. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Yeah, he's got these big, long bat ears that are hidden behind his hair metal hair. <laughs> his mullet. Yeah, and like I think he's supposed to be a bat. I could see that. I could see that too. I'm into his it. His face he, is bachelor. This <laughs> bat shit, crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So Evelyn's like interrogating Kevin. He tells her that a, a policeman took the key, but he but I don't know where. Yeah, but he does ho- know where. He, he doesn't. Knows that he's going. He I doesn't know for he a does fact. And he maybe. doesn't. Yeah, I guess so. He he has a hunch he could be. That's a con- but that's a convenient. <laughs> like a convenient happenstance that he's Evelyn's, like, I don't know for sure. Evil Lynn's little hologram device that she had, I thought was like the coolest visual effect in the movie. Yeah. Oh, sure. That was pretty dope. I'm glad Evelyn knows what a policeman is. It's like, oh yeah, we have police. <laughs> well, we call them men at arms in Eternia. <laughs> so Blade repeats the fallacy that they should be able to track the key from the air. Yeah, not if it's not, not on, if it's right? it's not on, dumbass. But it, yeah, um, yeah. Evil Lynn agrees... I don't know why. And the baddies begin to regroup to head out in pursuit. Karg then presents the newspaper clipping and photo to Evil Lynn, pointing out that Julie, she was the one that was with He-Man. <laughs> um, she says, Evil Lynn says the photo may prove useful and takes it. Karg gave a little subtle fist bump. He's like, yeah. Did you see that? I also, I get the impression Karg is maybe in love with Evil Lynn. Probably. Like, he seems like he's just always very eager to please her. Let's like, lick simp. that boot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in a sexual way. There's a lot of unrequited love in this movie, though. Oh, I is think. that what this movie's about? It's a lot of it unrequited happening. Love? Even from Kevin to Julie. He-Man to Sorceress? Of. Sure. Skeletor to He-Man? Maybe. <laughs> no, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. He's got that obsession going, for yeah. sure. Yeah, He's call. got that nephew love. Um, <laughs> so the baddies all pile into the hovercraft and take off just as He-Man and the rest of the good guys arrive. Longest car ride ever, right? by the way. Took a while to get there. Holy Ten metrons, moly. or however many of the fuck metrons was, is like took forever for the good guys. I guess neutrinos. The the troopers were on foot. I know, right? and they I got there faster. And, and they stopped know. to talk about their plan. And yeah, it, come well, on. I mean, if Gwildor was driving, there's no telling how many wrong turns they took. <laughs> yeah, they burst in the house. Find the place wrecked. They also find Kevin in the kitchen with a collar on. You know Julie's pissed. Like, that could jeopardize the closing. That yeah. could jeopardize the sale of the house. Well, it's already no, sold. The it's signs wrecked. already there, yeah. Um, so they ask what happened. Kevin tells them the bad guys came looking for the key, but that he didn't have it. The policeman took it, and they left to go look for him. Duncan's working to take the collar off Kevin. Kevin then tells them that a woman with strange eyes put it on him, and they deduce that could only be evil then. Right. Um, the only woman in the galaxy with strange eyes. They get the collar <laughs> off of Kevin, and he snaps out of the trance, shocked to see Julie there with more weird aliens in the house. Um, <laughs> Kevin tells Julie to, like, run, <laughs> grabs a chair to use as a weapon. 
which Teal like shoots at his yeah, hand. Yeah, she did. Quick on the draw. Julie's like, no, these are my friends. Kevin had that vibe of uh, Matt in, in the Terminator, Ginger's boyfriend, mm. when he's like, oh, don't yeah, make yeah, me yeah. bust you up, man. Yeah. And then Terminator just like sends him through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, Julie's like, but these are my friends. Um, Kevin's still freaked out. Things are tense, but just then like Gwildor comes in dressed in like Julie's dead mom's clothes and everything's cool. <laughs> like... What the hell is that? It was like some E.T. shit when yeah. Gertie put him in like the grandmom's clothes or whatever. It is 100% yeah. like Goddard's like, I love that scene in E.T. Let's do that. bring the house down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the theaters. You're going to uh, lose their shit. You're be swinging from the chandeliers <laughs> when Gwildor comes out in drag. Uh, Julie says she can try but to... But wait, the attorneys thought it was hilarious. Yeah, everyone thought that was they the funniest a, shit in the world. Take a minute to laugh at this. It was almost as funny as when Gwildor almost drowned. <laughs> almost. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the first act. Mm. The end of the first act. So, Julie says, I can try to explain to you, Kevin, on the road, but right now we gotta help He-Man get the thing. Kevin's like, I don't know. Duncan's like, you know, tell me where Lubick's headed. Kevin says, he might have been going to my bud Charlie's music store to ask, like, what the cosmic key is. And they ask if Kevin and Julie can show them how to get there. The couple's like, yes, no. Very, it's like campy Kevin's as shit. Not, yeah, yeah Kevin's he wants out. It, he wants rightfully to. so. He's pissed about his, uh, his keyboard getting wrecked. <laughs> we cut to them tearing ass out of the neighborhood in the, in the caddy. Meanwhile, Evil End's ship is flying towards town. It's inconceivable that the baddies are not already there. I know. Yeah, but unless unless it's like you said, they, they All can't track it while it's turned off, and maybe right. they're just maybe, <laughs> maybe aimlessly cruising. Well, just like undetected by the rest of the whole town. Like I just that's yeah. We're, we're gonna we're, have to talk about that too. Every, that no one, no townspeople come out to see all the chaos. Everyone's over at the high school. It's like eight or nine o'clock at night. It's not late. Know. Yeah, I know. Over at Charlie's music store, Lubick is asking Charlie. Like he's. Tell me about the key. Is it is it Russian? <laughs> he's on that commie. He's, he's like this commie uh, shit. Just did the caddy pulls up, sputtering and sparks flying. And I love the line from Louis. What do you know? The mountain comes to Mohammed. <laughs> what does that even mean? It's from it's well, it's it's a quote from the Quran, or loosely. I don't think it's actually from the Quran, but it's like a story about how like Muhammad in a in a legend was like gonna prove something to the people, and he's like. I'll, you know, like I'll have like the mountain, I'll, I'll have the mountain come to me, but the mountain didn't come to him. And so instead okay. he went to the mountain, which I mean, but this my, is like the, the thing I'm looking for has come to me now. Right, exactly. Okay. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, like it's like unbelievable that it would happen because Muhammad's like the mountain will come to me, the mountain will come to me. And then the mountain didn't come to him. So he went to the mountain and then the people were like, Oh, that's so big of him to, I don't know. That's an incredible reference for a movie. This stupid, right? To be honest. <laughs> I know the, that caddy's running like shit now too. Yeah. Way, neutrinos right? like, are not like a long term solution. <laughs> it was a patch job. So as, as he man and the rest pile out, Lubick marvels at he man. So hey, he's like, Hey, how come I got this feeling? Like I've been looking for you all night. I love <laughs> Tolkien, man. <laughs> Tolkien's the shit, dude. He's like, yeah, I got. Man, I've been looking for you all night. It's it's like great. he's gonna he's ready to kick ass. Yeah, Who Man says he thinks Lubick has something that belongs to them. Lubick draws down on He Man, says he wants answers. Let's start with you, Blondie. <laughs> I love that shit. He's a treasure, Tolkien. Yeah. He's still alive, and I love that. Uh, that's awesome. What's he been up to lately? I don't think he works much. He's got to be retired. I think he yeah. does a credit, like one credit a year. That's cool. Or something. He turns up at something. Yeah. He'd be a badass judge on any one of like the NCIS shows or Law oh, and Order oh, or anything yeah. like that. 
Oh, yeah. Anyway, Gwildor comes in still in Julie's dead mom's clothes and says that the, the bad guys are approaching. How does he know? He says they're 18 metrons away. I know. It, it seems like they should be closer than 18 metrons because it was 10 metrons from the house to downtown. There's only like four sets. The sound's not that big. I, Tila, in that moment of distraction, disarms Lubick. He-Man grabs the key, gives it to Gwildor, tells him to start plotting the course home. Duncan says... We've got 0.61 chromons to moonrise, you guys. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, which There's we, no context. It could mean five days. Yeah, like, we six don't days know. a week. I, I still kind of think that it's like a little more than 12 hours, maybe. So Tila takes Gwildor and all the humans to hide in the back room of Charlie's music store. As Evelyn and her squad arrive, Karg tells her the keys inside. I he I guess he knows and and like he and uh, wait I think they've spotted that He Man's in there too yeah or yeah, something. yeah yeah so he's like He Man and his crew are inside Evelyn tells the Beast Man to land the to lead the stormtrooper attack and for Karg and Blade to follow her I have to ask how many yeah. times have they referenced the moon Moonrise at this point only twice it's been. So a, they couple, did in the of, throne a couple of times room. in the throne room, okay. and then I think a couple Once of times. Once when they got to Earth, it was at 0.84 chromons, and now right. it's 0.61. So four times total, okay. maybe? So there is we a countdown. Could, we yeah. could do the math. We could do our own conversion. It's been 0.23 chromons since they got there, and we figure it's like five-ish hours yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm mean, not, it makes sense. Not a lot of time. So yeah, they got 10-ish hours left, maybe. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, so inside the store, He-Man and Duncan are out front, like entrenched in music gear. Um, in the <laughs> they back, ba- yeah, they barricaded, barricaded themselves by amps keyboards. and shit, amps and keyboards. In the back, Gwildor's like trying to calculate the correct course back to Attorney and to free Sorceress. As he's going about the hard work of saving everyone, Kevin interrupts him, wanting an explanation of how the key fucking works. Totally. Well, well, Kevin, Gwildor says, the universe is music, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, it's going to be really <laughs> useful for the plot later. Like, that's all I can figure as we're watching. Yeah. Lubick's like telling the other humans that they must have stumbled into some kind of fringe cult, which is kind of <laughs> awesome. It's good. It's good writing. For I Lubick like that. That was a legit Tolkien. funny joke. It's like some kind yeah. of a fringe cult. I just can't believe. I mean, I'm, I both like the fact that they're in a music store, but I can't believe when they said we're going to make a He-Man movie, an important set piece will be this music store in general, just in general. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, that they return to many times. Uh, it's, yeah. It, 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 it boggles my mind that they went. There. You are right for a movie that was a high budget movie. They do have a very limited number of sets. Yeah, it's it, it's really kind of unbelievable. I don't know what they spent most of their money on. I well, guess the throne room. It was that canon shit, too, where you felt like there was a lot of money being sort of siphoned off. Siphoned off and going into <laughs> producers' pockets. Yeah, probably. Shit. Yeah, it, it was immediately going into funding other movies. It was so, like, oh, pyramid so scheme weird. almost, yeah, exactly. or a house of cards. Um, <laughs> back in the front of the store, Duncan and He-Man see Skeletor's forces amassing, about to crash through the front window. What's going to happen to our intrepid heroes? <laughs> What's going to happen to Gwildor? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> he- He-Man's barely in this movie. Well, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss. I do love this movie. I can't I can't not love it. We're going to tell you all about it next week, listeners. In, this, in the exciting fourth installment of our Masters of the Universe series. Kyle, thanks for being with us. Thank you, guys. Yes. And we hope that you'll stick around. Um, we'll, we'll do another. I got to see through it to the end. Like, he's got, right. He hasn't even said the catchphrase yet. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, in, the mean, journey. Yeah, in the meantime, good journey, friends, good journey. and uh, we'll be back. Oh,